welcome to Snacking with the Saints, the podcast where we eat snacks and talk about the saints with your hosts, Andrea and Lena. Thanks for being here. Let's jump in. Today's theme is our favorite saint. Uh, let's start with our snacks. Yeah, because we do need at the top talk about what we're eating. Yeah, snacks are it. important. Yeah, we got, but it, your snack has to do with your saint. You don't want me to know it yet. I don't want you okay. to know it, but I can still tell you it won't give it away completely. The okay. Okay. The snack is a chocolate almond croissant. And it was delicious. Yes. I made you try it before. Yes. We got on air. I love chocolate almond croissants. I did not know that that was what was in the bag. <laughs> so it was great. Um, and yes. so you'll tell us why you chose that when we get to your surprise Well, I can tell right? you why I chose okay. it just from okay. a culinary aspect. Yes. Tell me. Because it is just the right balance of like sweet and bitter and just all the textures that go along with it you know the flaky croissant and the crunchy almonds and then the chocolate is just smooth and creamy and the almond paste inside so all of that together just combines makes it like a really rich experience Um, and so I just love that combination I love foods that have a good balance of textures and flavors Um, I think that's just like just the chef's kiss type I love that I love how like when you're describing it you're bringing all these things together and when I when I ate it I was just like this is good (laughs) (laughs) it's just pure joy yeah there there's an art to to it and I think that um, just like there has to be balance in like the spiritual life there's balance that balance in the spiritual life it's reflected in your cooking and so you can see that and so I love foods that kind of reflect that balance balance in my cooking for sure (laughs) but I I will say this is a very decadent um, dessert. So, you know, a little goes a long way, but yeah, no judgment because I've right. polished one off easily. <laughs> so on no judgment, my snack today, I would have loved if it went with the theme of my saint. I think it goes with just but, the theme. Yeah. Of the theme season. of my life and my season yes. is that my snack is, um, cheese Pringles. <laughs> yeah. And I do like cheese Pringles, but we had them laying around in our youth ministry office because we did a game um, where we did pumpkin bowling and the Pringles were the pins and the bowling pin was a, a pumpkin. Um, so we just had a cart full of Pringles sitting around and I needed a snack and I was too busy to, you know, feed myself because I feed everyone else. Yes. So I just grabbed some cheese Pringles and you know what? They were delicious. They were. I will say <laughs> that cheese Pringles are actually my kids' favorite. So if my kids could pick the snack, that this is what they would pick. Yeah. And so it reminds me of my kids and it brings me like that joy, that memory, yeah. food memories. They're great. I Yeah. If I'm going to eat a Pringle, it's going to be a cheese one. Yep. Usually it's like a gas station snack on like a really long hard Road drive. trips, Yeah, right? road trips. Because they fit in the car. They whole- do. Yes. They're exactly. a great road trip snack. But today they were just looking at me and it's the only snack I had so and they didn't get busted by the pumpkin yeah because a lot of the things did for <laughs> sure I also had a quick fruit snack moment because nice. we also always give the kids fruit snacks so basically unless I bring like really beautiful enticing snacks I will just eat whatever food we have for the kids which is a problem in my life I think that's yeah. parenthood summed up right there right yeah parenthood plus youth ministry <laughs> 300 <laughs> kids um so that's my snack again it would have been great if it went along with my saint because my favorite saint is Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh. And I could have brought a whole, you know, so many delicious Mexican foods and snacks yes. if I had any type of time in my life. There's always time later to yeah. bring. Or if my mother-in-law wasn't 
currently out of commission because she makes the best empanadas. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Mm. Um, so maybe that'll be like a makeup snack for sure. Um, but yeah, Our Lady of Guadalupe is just like, I know she's, she's Mary, of course. So mm-hmm. like the queen of all saints, but she, I mean, there's just no, for whatever reason she's captured my heart. I am, I'm in love with her. I'll fight anyone who's not in love with her. Um, I'm just very passionate about her and I can't even explain all the reasons why I think it's just very much like she just became my best friend. She loves me and I love her. Do you, were you drawn to her? Was she, did she come to you in some sense? Does that make sense? That question? I think I was drawn to her for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, my old youth minister, actually Kirk Clement pointed out that I'm also a very logical, um, thinker and the, her miracle has just like, like you can go still see, visit the site and see like, kind of like proof that was in air quotes, but just like for the logical, thinkers who want to see and like need the data need the data yeah. there is for this so I think that's why I was originally captivated but yeah. just as the years went on I'm like there's no one more essential to life than Our Lady of Guadalupe um I in our, my house I say Our Lady of Guadalupe day it's <laughs> like her feast day it's like her day <laughs> and I say it's my favorite holiday Aww. except I am excited for this year because brief tangent last year for our Lady of Guadalupe Day, we all had COVID. Oh, Terrible. No. Yes, we had it bad. Um, the year before that, we got married. So um, On her feast day? The day after. Because oh, I nice. wanted it near her feast day. Yeah. So that was what they had like in the novena. Oh, or it. it was either going to be the novena or right around. So we got married. So the feast day was a rehearsal dinner. It was a little hectic. And then the year before that, I had a stomach flu. <laughs> I wow. was, yeah, I was teaching at a Catholic school at the time. And I, we had all these events planned because I planned them. I walked in the door and I was sick in the trash can closest to the door. And that was the end of the day. Like the <laughs> kids had a stomach flu. They were passing around and I got it. So wow. like the past three years, I haven't celebrated the way I would want to. Yeah. So I'm excited that... This year well, we're did back. You take, did you already plan a sick day around the feast day? <laughs> Just I have not, but something's going to happen. Something big. You know, I but don't know. I think that like one of the things that that could look to is that she could be your protector. You know what I mean? Like instead of it being like a downer, it's like, oh, well, while I have this, she's like right near me during that time. Yes. Yeah. And when we, um, unfortunately we had COVID, I was also pregnant. So my spiritual director was like, it's her feast day. She was pregnant. You're pregnant. Aww. She's close to you. So there yes. was some great reflections while we were sick um, and we got better. So praise God. But yeah, yeah. so this year it's like, okay, I'm going to celebrate like I haven't celebrated in a long time because I haven't. Nice. So I'm really excited. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just get into her story. Uh, most people I think know the basic story, especially down in Texas. Um, yeah. I know when I worked at the University of Dallas, we had some students from other parts of the South or like from the Northern States who had just thought, you know, just knew it was an image, but didn't know much about it. But at least in Texas, everyone kind of knows the basic story, which is like, she appeared to Juan Diego. She said, build a church. She gave a sign to the Bishop. And then that's kind of it. All right. When we talk about it, but I think the real beauty to her is like kind of the context around, um, like the events leading up to why she came. And again, I love history. So that's kind of where I get like excited. Um, uh, 
So uh, for, and again, if you're not familiar, Elena Guadalupe appeared um, kind of what is now uh, Mexico City. Um, and uh, that was 500 years ago. And at the time is when it was still the Aztec Empire, right? So they were, you have to understand, they were polytheistic um, mm. community of people. They worshiped the sun, moon, stars, all that stuff. Um, but they were also one of the most violent and deadly people, like religions that there's really ever been. Um, the sun god was their main god, and he, like, lived off of the blood of other people. That's wow. how he survived, um, quote, quote. Yeah. Um, so they practiced a lot of human sacrifice. Um, and there's some debate on this number. I've heard it as low as, like, 15,000, but then I've heard up to 80,000. I've heard 300,000, but there are reports of one big, giant, sacrificial day and so that those numbers, it could be anywhere from 15 to 80,000 people that they killed in one day as wow. offering to their sun god. Um, so I kind of like to throw that. And we can also on our Instagram shout out, we can kind yeah. of put up some images that go along. But um, a while ago, I found an image of uh, or a picture of when Pope Francis came to the U.S. And there were like about 20,000 people standing out in New York. Just so you can kind of see what that, oh, that crowd cool. looks like. I kind yeah. of think it's good to like kind of um, be able to visualize, um, for all of our football fans. <laughs> and it's like kind of the, that's, it's about like the population of college station where A&M is. Oh my so goodness, yeah. like a whole town basically, yeah. um, is who they killed in a day. The Aztecs did. Um, and so to kind of like drive that home, like think about like, if I died, you know, like I can, you know, like my whole family, my family's pretty big, like yeah. my church community, like I, my death or like, would affect yeah how many a lives lot of people hit. right yeah. so then you have like eighty thousand fifteen thousand like however many thousands think of like all the people whose lives are being ruined by you know this religious practice of sacrifice um, so you mm. have that context um, but around that time is also when the Spanish conquistadors came um, looking for gold and uh, you know they were not super great to the indigenous people, spoiler alert, right? Um, so they would come in, they battled with the Aztecs, they would rape, pillage, they took a lot of the women as slaves, and then who came with the conquistadors but the Franciscan friars nice. from Spain. Um, so, you know, the conquistadors would come through and fight with the Aztecs and take, like, you know, whoever wasn't killed off, they took as slaves, um, and then the friars would come through and say, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Um, and obviously the Aztecs were like, I want nothing to do with your God, yeah, because, right. right? That would be hard to accept. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to accept evangelization for and people just, now, just right. like, yeah, with what your life. In the modern is, world. What yeah. you're, what's going on in your life, so let alone yeah. like from the people who are enslaving and killing your friends and family. Yeah. So the Franciscan friars didn't have a lot of luck with their conversion their conversion plan. Um, the number is about, they say like in five years, there were less than 5,000 conversions to Catholicism. Yeah. Um, which I'm, our parish is like bigger than that. And we're just like one church in Dallas. Yeah. So, um, not a lot in five years. Um, 
They didn't make a lot of headway, they it did sounds not. like. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have a great plan. It wasn't going well. Um, so about this time is when Juan Diego comes on the scene. And he is one man who did convert early. He was one of those few early conversions. And he was um, very pious, very holy man. Yeah. Um, they say he would walk seven miles both ways to daily mass and to receive sacraments and catechism from the friars and things like that. Um, and on the way to daily mass was the hill of Tepeyac. Um, and one day he sees a woman at the top of the hill calling out to him. And uh, he, in kind of like his innocence, just walks right up to him. And she um, she tells him, I am the mother of the God who created everything. So what mm-hmm. I love about Our Lady of Guadalupe is that we have Juan Diego's account of what she actually said to him. And um, she starts by, you know, claiming Jesus, right? She yeah. doesn't say like, I'm Mary. <laughs> First right. she says, I'm her identity. The, yeah. Her identity is the mother of the God who created everything. So then again, she's kind of also speaking to him in like a way he can understand too, like given his indigenous background, like there's not many gods over many things. I'm a mother of the one God. Um, So that is kind of like the, yeah, the part of my heart that just loves telling people about the the gospel is like, yeah, she's just like right away. Boom. Here's the gospel. (laughs) So that's what I love about her. And she sums it up. It's just so succinctly right she says i'm the mother of the one god who created everything um boom that's the gospel message what else mic drop kind of that's why i love her um but so she kind of evangelizes to him she says that she's heard the cry of his people and that she wants a church to be um built there on the hill of tepeyoc so that people can worship her son Mm -hmm. um she tells him to go to the bishop um and tell him the plan. You're going to build a church. We're going to worship Jesus here. And um, Juan Diego, in his innocence, he goes and does that. And of course, the bishop um, doesn't believe him, right? Yeah. He says, hey, I saw Mary. This is what she said. The bishop uh, is a little skeptical, which I don't know. I feel like a lot of people would be. I think so, too. And I think that his position in the community didn't lend for him to feel like so credible like it wasn't like a priest that you know yeah she appeared to but I think that speaks so much to Jesus too right that he would come to the to the poor and the humble yeah the lowly yeah right and how he calls all of us in that way yeah it's super on brand yeah exactly Um, it tracks yeah so um she a couple times uh there's like a little bit of a back and forth but eventually Juan Diego says the bishop isn't believing me. You should send someone else, which again is pretty, pretty on brand with most of the people that we see called in the <laughs> yes. gospels and in all of salvation history, basically. Yep. So, um, eventually, you know, the lady keeps saying like, no, you're my guy. This is the plan. We're going to make this happen. So eventually the bishop asks for a sign. So, um, Juan Diego relays that to our lady that the bishop has asked for, um, a sign and she says, okay, come back and you'll get it. I think, back that's later. So, I think that's so cool that, um, you know, I feel like sometimes we're afraid to ask for a sign, like we're not supposed to want right. that, um, that we're supposed to just have this blind faith and um, not need it. But I think there's humility in being able to see that we do need signs sometimes and that we can ask and that the Lord can grant that. Yeah. 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 yeah like how she's just like, okay, yeah, sure. You'll have it. You'll have your sign. <laughs> um, so... Uh, so the next morning after Mary promises a sign, Juan Diego's uncle is actually sick. Um, and I love just like his innocence every time he needs to go get a priest to say the last rites for. Mm-hmm. 
um, his uncle and in his kind of, I keep saying innocence, but I think that's the best word. Cause he's just like, I can't talk to Mary right now. Like I don't have time to talk to Mary today. <laughs> just get really casual. So I'm going to go a different way around the hill of Tepeyoc. So I don't run into her cause I always mm-hmm. run into her. In the same place. <laughs> Because um, he can just avoid it. Right? He goes a different route. Yeah. Um, but so then he actually seen Mary coming down the hill to greet him. And he's like, where are you? She's like, where are you going? And he, um, if you read his account, it's kind of funny because he tries to be like, Mary, you look lovely today. Like, you know, when you're caught. Um, so he explains where he was going. You know, sorry, couldn't talk to you. I'm a little busy. I need to get a priest. Um, and she, you know, she says, hey, don't worry about your uncle. He's going to be fine. Come with me. And so she takes him up the hill. And there are um, Castilian roses there. So first mm-hmm. of all, we're in Mexican. Yeah. Uh, we're in Mexico. Um, <laughs> uh, there are not um, Spanish roses. Yeah. Um, and also it's December. So it's cold. Not a lot's oh. growing. Um, so there are these roses. She picks them up and puts them in Juan Diego's tilma. It's kind of like a long poncho. And mm-hmm. the idea was that it kind of like an apron, like it hung long in the front. So like in doing field work, they could kind of put their... Oh yeah. The thing like their produce or things they picked in the front as they were kind of walking. So that's what he did. They gathered those, um, the roses and put them in his tilma and, um, he takes them to the Bishop and the Bishop notices he was clutching, clutching something really close to his, to his chest. Um, there's a story that one of kind of the Bishop's attendants was kind of like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And Juan Gio kind of kept like shielding it from him. And um, they say that he just kind of reached in to snatch the roses and they kind of passed through his hand. And at that point they were like, okay, we got to get the bishop in here. Something's going on. And then um, at that point, Juan Diego just kind of unceremoniously opens his tilma and the roses fall out. And the bishop had asked for his sign to be roses, Castilian roses. So that could be the miracle there, right? That is just yeah. beautiful. Right. We could be done with the story right there. I know. But we're I'm, not. I'm sold. We are right not. Yeah. That point. <laughs> um, the beautiful thing is that the image of Our Lady is then kind of stamped, painted. It's imprinted on Juan Diego's tilma. Um, and so at that point, everyone in the room kind of just falls to their knees. They believe the miracle. They see that Mary is actually, you know, creating a miracle, writing some kind of story here. Um, so that, again, that could be end of story. Yeah. This is a really cool thing that happened, but um, the aftermath is just as cool. Um, so they... You know, the bishop gets super on, gets super on board with building this church, of course, right? He's Um, on board now. Right. Yeah, he's on board. They built a a church in two weeks. So they're (laughs) like, this, we got to get this, we got to make this happen. Um, So again, remember, five years prior to this image, there were only 5,000 conversions. Um, And in the next five years, as people heard the story and saw the image, eight eight to 10 million people converted. So just in five years, right? Um, It was a huge deal. Um, there's, yeah, there's like all kinds of like stories and testimonies you can read of just like the friars having to just like fire hose, basically people with holy water to baptize them. (laughs) A lot of beautiful stories. Um, and it's going to be hard on a podcast. Again, we're going to post this on our Instagram. Um, so you guys can see, but it's the story is all in the image, right? So, um, for those unfamiliar, it's a image of Mary standing on a moon with the rays behind her and she's wearing, um, She's actually wearing um, the clothes of an Aztec princess. So the cool thing about this image, what a lot of people don't get or realize right away, especially when you're 
in Texas in the South, it's like painted on people's trucks and yes. on like the sides of buildings. It's um, a very common image. It's very yeah. common. Yeah. But the gospel story is actually in it. So the beautiful thing that I love about it is that it's teaching the Aztecs or at this point, um, the mestizo is like the blend, right, of the Spanish and Aztec. Right. There was a lot of blending going on, um, kind of a new culture being like slowly built, right, mm-hmm. haphazardly. So um, it kind of, she's teaching the people in their language in a way they can understand. It wasn't like a foreigner coming to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an image they can understand, and there's native symbols and imagery in it. So the first thing is that she's standing in front of the sun. So... Like if I were an Aztec, like an Aztec person looking at that would be like, this woman is blocking out our biggest, most aggressive God. And then she's, yeah, she's standing on a half moon, which is again, one of their gods. So it's like, she's standing on our other God. She like, she just like casually is, it's it's her foot rest. Right. And then on her, um, her, the cloak that she's wearing, her mantle, she, it's decorated with stars. Mm -hmm. So then the stars are like so inconsequential, like they're star gods. Just incomparable to her. They're yeah. just used to adorn her. There's yes. nothing. Just jewelry. Close. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so they see that she's greater than all their gods, right? But then her head is bowed. Um, so to them, that reads like, but she, but yet she bows to someone else. Uh-huh. So they know that she's not the greatest. Whoever right. this woman is, there's still someone even greater than her. There's like humility um, there. Right, humility. And it points to that there's, that she is not the end all be all, which again, as Catholics, a little bit of, we get a cue sometimes of placing Mary above Jesus or above God. But I mean, this image right there is or even, worshiping her, or, yeah, worshiping her. Yeah. But this image, like respect of this image even is like, it kind of holds our belief of like, no, she yeah. is so great. But even she bows to, yeah, she's the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. She's the bridge. She bows to God just as we do. Um, so the other cool thing is that she is wearing, um, a little bow like if you look at it you just think it's like a belt yeah but it's actually um it's actually is kind of like a belt or a sash but it was worn to signify um pregnancy by the aztecs oh yeah so she's actually i think i don't i mean i could be wrong if i'm wrong someone tell me <laughs> correct me but um i think she's the only mary to appear pregnant um from the apparitions yeah, right, I yeah. Think so i think you're right yeah so um, she she's pregnant in this image she's pregnant with um jesus of course and then um over her womb uh so an aztec would be looking at that and be like oh she's pregnant mm-hmm. but over her womb if you kind of zoom in on the picture there's the aztec symbol or like indigenous symbol for like um supremely powerful or like ultimate ultimate power it's like something that signifies the greatest power and that's over her womb um so you know they kind of see that and they're like okay this image is greater than all of our gods she's not the greatest whoever is in her womb is though um so to see that and that like this aztec you know worldview they see that and then they see that you know maybe upwards of eighty thousand people had to die for for to appease their son god right but now mary's coming and blocking him out um so for them the reason this image was so so powerful for them was because it says in my interpretation and i've heard this said before it says like we we serve a god that you don't have to die for we serve a god who dies for you oh is what beautiful yeah is what like the gospel is right yeah um and again when you think about like maybe there were like 10,000 people who died in a day. Yeah. 80,000. We don't know. A really high number. Um, you know, we just 
think of how hungry were they for that message, right? Mm-hmm. They were so hungry and starved to hear that they didn't have to live like that anymore. Yes. I, just, I think that's why there was such a big outpouring of conversion that people um, were ready for that. There's, like I said, there are accounts that maybe they baptize upwards of like 11,000 people in one day. Just so massive just, baptisms. Yeah, just people flocking, um, flocking to the church. Um, and again, I think one of the reasons I love this is because there's the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe now mm-hmm. in New, in Mexico City. And you can go see the tilma that was there still on there. that day. Yeah. It's still there. Um, I know and the guys, image has never, like... Yeah, it's never faded. Mm-hmm. If you've, like, ever had a palm from Palm Sunday, like, yeah. it gets, like, kind of old and crispy. <laughs> like, right, right. By the time next Palm Sunday comes, the tilma is made out of, like, cactus fibers. So they were not meant to last forever. Like, so picture, like, your palms kind of getting, like, crunchy. Yeah. And then eventually... And this was 500 years ago. Yeah. So it's still there. Yeah. Like, so picture like a Palm Sunday cross that like never got hard, that stayed yeah. soft and supple. Just um, miraculous. That alone, again, is the miracle, right? Um, and one thing I just like from what you're saying, like there was so much beauty in how like how she orchestrated all of that right. or how God orchestrated that for her. Um, but there's so much beauty in her speaking their language, right. like the Aztec language. Like she didn't just come and like wipe out their culture and say, Hey, yes. here's a new thing. And now you do this kind of like that colonization mm-hmm. type yeah. um, idea. She c- met them where they were and spoke to them in that language by her dress, by the right. symbols, by even addressing the gods that they were worshiping. Um, but she p- introduced a new ideology of just, right the servant is the master, you know, mm-hmm. or the master is the servant, um, in, in protecting us and in saving us instead of, um, us bowing to like this prideful desire of the gods. Right. And I just think that's so beautiful. And, and all her apparitions, she's like that. She speaks in their language. She, right. um, she meets them where they are. And I feel like that's such a beautiful example of discipleship uh, yeah, of like sure. how we dis- evangelize to others. Yeah. Yeah, to go in not like guns blazing and yeah, yeah like but you just meet people where, yeah, you meet people where they are and just by your love for them, you introduce them to Jesus. Right. And that yeah, that's it exactly. She um saw that the people were hurting and wanted to do something about it. It's kind of what I read into it in my simple, you know, simple well, life. And I think that's such a motherly right. gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean, I mean, and like, like I said, like we could have stopped the story and then like that could have been the miracle, but it yeah. just keeps going. Um, there's it's other like really cool things about it. If you want to like study the Tilma, um, I mean, just in like, like we have the original image and other paintings from this time period have, you know, like Aztec, uh, like Aztec art and ruins like, and yeah, stuff, yeah, ruins They're They've all faded. Right. Like there's nothing, they've never been able to figure out what the pigments are. Aren't there like some like really fun like trivia facts yeah. about the tilma that yeah, are just yeah. like somebody spilled acid on it or something yeah, and it like reappeared. Yeah, there's been acid spilt on it. Someone tried to blow it up. Um, the um, the original church at Tepeyac is not no longer there. It's been like um, oh. you know made bigger, but also like at one point it burned down and the tilma survived. So just a lot of cool things like that. Um, and the pigments like they're still yeah, unidentifiable they by like modern science. Yeah, they don't know what the pigment is. Um, we have like nothing from the same time period that is similar yeah. to it at all. Um, and I think like, didn't they think it was like a projection or something like yeah, that? Almost like called, it was like wait, on top it of it or something. It's called the, per- oh yeah, I've heard that too, that it, if you look at it, it's 
almost like they've examined it under like an MRI, I think, or something. Like okay. they point it through like an x-ray and it almost looks like um, that the pigments are not kind of absorbed by the fibers right. that they like kind just of just lay on, on top. top. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a thing called the Perky Samson effect um, that happens in the eyes of Our Lady. Um, so, and that's like where if you take a picture of someone and like zoom in a ton, you can see what they're looking at. Right. Or like yes. you can kind of like in your eyes, I can see like the light even like reflected a little yeah. bit. Like you can see what someone looks is looking at. And that is happening in the Tilma. So if like you zoom in, like they've been able to like superimpose What's it on your eyes. At? Well, you see like someone who's wearing like a big hat, right? Like oh, a bishop's hat. Like cool. to, it, You can kind of see who was in the room at the time. Um, and again, they've um, did not have the science or tools or whatever to emulate that at the time. Like. They just couldn't, they couldn't have done that. They didn't have machines or like they, no one could have done that by hand. Right. To the correct um, dimensions. Cause it's, it all like kind of checks out. Yeah. Just the resolution of the picture, you know, resolution. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's obviously completely miraculous. Um, You know, there's just other little things where like the constellations that are on her, um, her mantle are accurate to the day and season, but they're mirrored. So the constellations look, they're the constellations, but from looking down, not like us from heaven's up. point of view. Yes. Oh my goodness! Isn't that That's crazy? Beautiful. Um, I've also heard that they kind of also map like the mountain ranges in Mexico, mm-hmm. like kind of their placement on um, her tilma. I mean, I could, we could try what to. What more do you want? I yeah, mean, we I could like- go on and on <laughs> about this. Um, but like you said, of course, like one of my favorite things is that she um, is wearing the colors of an Aztec princess, yeah. like that that kind of salmon and the teal um, that we love. I love. Um, And she's clearly mixed race. That's the other thing looking at her, that she's not Aztec. She's not Spanish. She's mixed race. Like you were saying, she um, kind of goes in with like gentle humility and doesn't try to colonize, but just unites, honestly. And kind of on that, another thing, um, as I know, we're coming up on All Saints Day and then here working at the parish, we are already planning Our Lady of Guadalupe and like what we're going to do here um, at the parish to help our community celebrate. And, you know, I keep saying like, we got to do all these things. And, you know, what I've been told is that, well, she's not, we're going to do some things on the English side. Um, but are mostly a celebration for our Spanish community. And I keep saying, but why, you know, cause know, she's for everyone. Yeah, she is. She's the patroness of the Americas. Yes. So not just Mexico, not right. just mixed race people. Um, she's the patroness of all the Americas. And if you kind of like spread it, like just look at the map all the way from, Canada down to Latin America, um, Mexico City is kind of right in the middle of oh, all of that. Cool. Like it kind of is like it's you like said, the center the point, the center yeah. point of that whole, that oh, whole I love area. That. Yeah. She is the bridge. Um, and like I said, I don't, I love Mary, but I don't have huge Marian devotion except for Lady of Guadalupe. That's why I feel like I was drawn to her. She chose me. Like I've tried to learn about other apparitions and yeah. tried, I have not been able like I've tried to make myself to fall well, in love and with I, like but I think that's the like that's the beauty of the Catholic faith is that we don't have to be drawn to all of them like she comes to us right so it's like she totally did in that in that apparition that's the one that speaks to your heart and so that may be just the one you need yeah you know, versus I don't know Lords or Fatima yeah I love her she's yeah. my favorite I want everyone to know about her she's yeah. the most essential she I, is. Yeah, I, you know, which gets complicated theologically because it's like, but she is. It does all and it doesn't. Them, right. Yeah. yeah it yeah. does and it doesn't. Yeah. There, but there just has to be a, 
distinction. Right. <laughs> so that's, she is my favorite. Now I say my favorite saint, what I mean is like top 10 favorite saints, but like. <laughs> it's hard to choose. If I had to choose, then it would have to be her because yeah. of just like who she is. Now, is Mary considered a saint? I would say, yeah, she's the okay. queen of, have, I say she's the she's queen, the queen of, of, the saints. of saints. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well then that's like, yeah. who else are you going to pick? Right. So if I had to pick one, she's the obvious choice, but there yeah. are many where I'm like, they're all my favorite, really. They're yeah. front runners also. Yeah. Actually, I do have some saints who are not my favorite, and I feel like they're other people's favorites. Good, because I I have a feeling that the saint that I'm going to talk about is not a lot of people's favorites. Some okay. people love her, and some people are like, oh. I no. think I know who it is. <laughs> I think I know who it is based off the snack. Show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I brought a little statue, and I'm going to bust it out. Yes. I knew it. St. Therese. Yes. St. Therese of Lisieux. Okay, um, not one Lisieux. of my favorites. Not one of your favorites. Yeah. Great, because I felt when I was taking notes on St. Therese, I was like, I feel like I almost have to be like in defense of St. Therese. Because, okay, I love that. Because, you know, she gets a bad rap for being like so sugary sweet yeah. and so flowery. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a whole story behind her, but her spirituality is like the little way. Yeah. And so it sounds so like... Oh, this is so basic, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, but there is such a beauty about her. So I really wanted to like drive that home. Okay. Um, I'm open. I'm ready. (laughs) I am going to convert you by the end. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm open to it. So I have to say that my devotion or my love of saints didn't come till probably like my early Mm -hmm. twenties. And I feel like St. Therese is the perfect like gateway saint. I agree. I'll, okay. I see She's that. She's like the good starter saint because mm-hmm. she was, well, she died at the age of 24. And prior to that, um, she was a nun in a cloistered convent, mm-hmm. meaning that she could not leave her convent. She couldn't do like this um, missionary work all around the world. She couldn't be a Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very young and she had this desire to serve God. Um, so she just stayed in her convent and prayed. But her spirituality is about doing small things with great love. Right. And I feel like as someone that's um, newer to the faith or just, you know, exploring your faith, I felt like that was just such a connection. Like, okay, I can do that. Right. You know, and she's actually one of the four female doctors of the church. Mm -hmm. And so for her life to be so simple and yet so revered by the Catholic church, like there's got to be something to that. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. So <laughs> these are all good points. <laughs> okay. So number one, so her accessibility. So right. I'm like, okay, she stayed, she stayed in her convent and prayed. And her point was like, um, it's the amount of love you put into something. Right. It's not the grandiosity of the act. And it's not those one, like one-off major things that you do um, that mm-hmm. really calls you into this deep relationship with right. God. It's the millions of tiny little acts you do each like throughout your life with love that creates this intimacy with God. Right. Um, and so that just speaks to like this whole way of life. Um, and I felt like, okay, I can, I can see that as like being Mm -hmm. an option. Um, so her spirituality, it was holiness in ordinary life. Uh huh. And it says she was like outwardly unremarkable. So like on the outside, you wouldn't think anything of like, this is not going to be some great saint of the church. Um, She's like a sweet nun. And that's Mm -hmm. what you would think of, you know, a young girl. Um, But the church later recognized her for like her exemplary spiritual accomplishments and in her writings, they saw it in her writings, in her letters. And 
I just feel like that's such a like manger moment, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jesus in the manger Mm -hmm. with mother Mary. And like on the outside, it looks like these are just poor people having a baby in Mm -hmm. like a manger, you know, like where the animals stay. And, but like, you know, the Kings are coming to like, Mm -hmm. because they know inwardly, like what that, um, how, like how deeply spiritual this event is. And so I feel like on the outside, her life looked like nothing special, Mm -hmm. But her interior life was so deep and so in union with God that that's what made her who she was. Right. Um, and so a lot of times we're tempted to look at our outward life and we look at social media and everyone's mm-hmm. highlight reel and we see like the outward life looks amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get into kind of this rut of comparison and like, um, that's not me or like, you know, I can't do that kind of stuff. And we think that those are the accomplishments that gets us to the goal, but it's really the state of the heart, um, that the Lord looks at. And so I felt like she really understood that. Mm -hmm. And, um, like she has this quote that says, um, I don't have the exact quote, but she talks about how like picking up a pin on the ground done with great love can convert a soul, Wow, you know? And the fact that she was, that really speaks to me on motherhood because I pick (laughs) up a lot of like Legos and all these things off the floor. Um, but the fact that she was a cloistered nun, mm-hmm. um, I feel like she let she led a very like small life, mm-hmm. and sometimes even in motherhood, I can feel like that. You know, you're yeah. kind of like homebound sometimes, or you're just, you know, nobody sees the work that you're doing, and it, it feels a lot like a lot of like grunt work or just like. Um, and sometimes, honestly, sometimes it feels like meaningless work. You know, like yeah. where you could be out changing the world, and you're mm-hmm. here just fold, like folding baby clothes and doing yeah. all the things. You know. Um, but I think that 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 speaks to how she she had that ordinary life mm-hmm. and then um, made that life the way to God, right? Like by by doing those things with great love. And she influenced Mother Teresa, who of did course. you know end up like feeding thousands yeah. and changing the world in her own special For way. Real. But love her, yes, yeah. one of my favorites. And Mother Teresa's, you know one of her quotes is like, do small things with great love too, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's totally a St. Therese moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, she, you know, she was very much influenced by that. Um, and, you know, for those um, St. Therese haters out there, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there's like two camps and one's like um, Teresa Avila and like St. Therese, you know, and right. like all the like intellectuals love like St. Teresa Avila's. But I would say that there's room for both in the Catholic Church. Like yeah. um, St. Teresa, she is like um, so academic, so cerebral mm-hmm. in her spirituality. And she's like relating her the prayer life to like layers in a castle and how you go mm-hmm. through all these layers to get to God. And St. Teresa is like, just pick up the pin on the ground and just do yeah. it with like all your heart. you know. Yeah. And I think you need both. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, the church really has a beauty to it in that it offers both to people. Um, And one is kind of more on that mind frame and St. Therese of Lisieux is kind of more of the heart. Right. Um, And, you know, we're made of mind, body and heart. And so. Love that. Which brings me to the part that people get annoyed at. Mm -hmm. And it's the shower of roses that. Okay. She, um, she promises that she will send a shower of roses Mm -hmm. to to earth, um, to those that like ask for her intercession. And a lot of people think that's like, so showy, like, you know, that's not humility. Mm -hmm. Like, um, 
like just kind of doesn't vibe with them. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is merit to it because I think that she acknowledges that we are physical beings Mm -hmm. that need physical things as part of our spirituality. And that, that is really rooted in our Catholic faith too. We have sacramentals and Mm -hmm. things that appeal to the senses. I mean, the mass as father Edwin, like started with the incense. I was like, now we have like all five senses, like uh, immersed in the mass. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that she spoke to them. She knew that that was a human need that sometimes we need to see things Mm -hmm. um, as, and she used that as a bridge from heaven to earth. Right. And, and I think there's humility in, in, in acknowledging our needs and not um, shying away from that mm-hmm. and knowing that we are physical beings. And I will say that she has really shown up with that in terms of like showing those roses. So if you ask for her intercession, um, you're, you'll have a heightened awareness of where roses are. Like it'll yeah. be like, ah, oh, like, you know, it's almost like she'll turn your gaze towards that so that you know that there's someone in heaven praying yeah. for you. Have now. you ever prayed the novena and gotten a rose? I have seen many roses. Really? Yes, because I, I have a very special devotion to her, but I have a story to tell you. Okay. That today, I went to Mass this morning, and after Mass, there's a daily rosary, and I normally don't stay mm-hmm. for the rosary because I just kind of hightail it out after Mass. Right. But I stayed for the rosary, and then I was like, it was downpouring rain it this was, morning. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, man, like, how, how am I going to see any roses? Because I'm not even going to be outside. It's like oh, pouring down rain. Yeah. And like, um, so I was like, oh, well, you know, and then I, I pray the rosary and I go to Mother Mary and Killian Chapel. Uh-huh. And I just like um, go there for a second. And I look and Andrea, there are a shower of roses just everywhere. I mean, I'm not talking like a couple roses. There were six separate vases of only roses and like in every color. And I was like, I mean, I almost started chuckling. Like I was like just filled with so much joy that she was like, here you go. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, it was just such an outpouring of love. Mm -hmm. And that's what heaven feels like to me is just like um, just you want this? Well, it's, I'm going to do that tenfold so mm-hmm. that you know God's mercy and God's love. And so it was just such a beautiful kiss. Like it was like um, knowing that someone's up there kind of like helping you out. Yeah. Um, so she really comes through in that way. And I think that a lot of us need that. Yeah. Um, we need some of the tangible stuff mm-hmm. and we need the signs, right? right. Um, so, and I just think it's so cool that you picked Our Lady of Fatim, I mean, Our Lady of Guadalupe, which was also roses yeah. and this is roses. So I feel like we're all on theme with the roses. We are, yeah. yeah. So, um, so one of the other things I wanted to talk about was that um, one of her most famous quotes is, I will spend my heaven doing good on earth. Yeah, I've heard that one. And that really struck me because... I used to think of heaven as like the place where I could finally coast and be like, okay, this is like going to be, (laughs) you know, like heaven is going to be like everything I ever wanted in life and Mm -hmm. like, it's going to be paradise. Um, but as, as my spirituality developed now, it's about, I'm going to get to be with God and like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to just do what God, like, I just want to be in union with God. Um, but she kind of took it a step further into, I want to like, please the heart of God. Mm. And I know that his children on earth need that help. And so I want to be a helper in heaven. Um, And it's almost like her love for God was greater than her need for God in a way. Like, I don't, I know that sounds weird, but it's like, 
or she prioritized it. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, I love you so much that I, I want to be a servant to you in heaven. Whereas a lot of times we kind of fall into this trap of thinking heaven is for us, but, oh. um, it just kind of switched it. I don't know. It just turned it upside down for me. And I thought that yeah. that was like such a self-sacrificial type of love and mm-hmm. just the same kind of love that Jesus displayed. Um, and so it changed my whole notion of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so to have that kind of love, like, I don't, that was just super inspiring for me. Yeah. Kind of blew my mind with that one. <laughs> How am I doing? Are you coming around the corner? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also. These are good points. Okay. Thank you. And also she is the patroness of missions. Yes. Okay. Even and though so, she never went on one. Right. Because I feel like spirituality has many um, paradoxes. Mm-hmm. And so she was a cloister nun, so she never went on missions. But because of her prayers, it, being a cloister nun, because mm-hmm. that's pretty much what they do, yeah. um, she prayed like for the world. And mm-hmm. many things happened because of that. And so it's almost like um, the prayers were the real work, missionary work for her. Right. And so the Pope uh, granted her that patronage, which I think is really cool. And the last thing I kind of wanted to end with was um, from her writing, she has a, um, a passage in there. And I just wanted to share that passage just so that you could kind of hear her voice. Is that okay? okay? I love that. Okay. She's writing to her mother. Okay. okay. So she's real, she's going to, she, this is like no filter. And I feel like this is very authentic. Okay. And she says, you know, mother, that I have always wanted to become a saint Unfortunately, when I have compared myself with the saints, I have always found that there is the same difference between the saints and me as there is between a mountain whose summit is lost in the clouds and a humble grain of sand trodden underfoot by passersby. Instead of being discouraged, I told myself, God would not make me wish for something impossible. And so in spite of my littleness, I can aim at being a saint. It is impossible for me to grow bigger So I put up with myself as I am with all my countless faults, but I will look for some means on of going to heaven by a little way, which is very short and very straight, a little way that is quite new. It is your arms, Jesus, which are the lift to carry me to heaven. And so there is no need for me to grow up. In fact, just the opposite. I must stay little and become less and less which I just think is the picture of humility yeah, and just knowing who you are and knowing that I need to stay little. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. Be like little children. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what she did. She stayed true to that. And that's what made her such a great saint. Yeah. I love, what did she say? Um, I have to put up with myself. Yeah. Like she, like she really, I think that's what humility is. It's not thinking you're just, um, it's not having a distorted view of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just seeing the, the real you and what you are. Right. And so I think she knew that about herself. And so instead of trying to pump herself up to think she could do all these great things, she just said, I'm just going to do, be who I am and God will find a way for me to be a saint. Right. Yeah. Cause he put that desire in my heart Um, and having that faith that if God put that desire in your heart, he'll make it happen. Like that's just, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, I do. I see her merit. I think, I don't know. I know my dis, not my dislike, but I feel like in high school, because I was like a youth group kid, yeah, was always like, like just everyone loved St. Therese and I, I couldn't be basic, <laughs> but I still I like that. find like, I'll, you know, say like, well, I, 
I do like Teresa Babila a lot. Yeah. And she's I love also my, um, my patron. Cause Oh, really? My birthday is her feast day. Yeah. Nice. So I think I'd be like, well, she just is like, like too, like you said, sticky, sweet, like sickly yeah. sweet. But then like, I do find her spirituality is still like the most practical. Like you said, St. Therese. Yeah. St. Therese. Like yeah. it's the most like the one that I would still find myself falling back on. So it's yeah. kind of like that weird thing where I'm like, I should like, feel like you're my friend. <laughs> It's like, I don't feel like we're friends, but I like see all the value that she adds. You can appreciate her, but you don't have a connection to her. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's like one of those things why I always say like the saints are our friends. Cause it's totally that thing of like, like there are saints where I'm like this person, like we have a connection. We're friends. We know each other. Like we have mutual friends. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. St. Therese. But you know what? I think one of the great things out of this podcast is, is like, we have a mutual, like I'm the mutual friend between you and St. Therese. And so I can I be like, Hey, let me, yeah. let me, um, let's do a novena together and pray yeah. to her and see if there's a connection. Yeah, Cause I know a ton of people who have like these crazy rose stories <laughs> and that's kind I've of like a bonus like, byproduct. So yeah. I, I don't want to, I want to make sure we're not putting emphasis on that piece. That's just like the kiss at the end. Right. Um, but the real gift is like the love that she, um, inspires for for God. Right. Right. And so I can see how people would be turned off by that piece of it. Cause it looks yeah. like that's the highlight. Uh-huh. And a lot of people put emphasis on that part. Um, but the true piece of it that she's doing is saying, do small things with great love. And that's what changes your life. Cause like true. I said, like those are one-off moments, right? Yeah. And so, um, the thing that changes your spirituality is the little things every day. Um, yeah. And I think like being in like a Catholic college and just, there's yeah. all this like I prayed my St. Therese Novena and I got my rose. So I know I'm going to marry this guy. And we'd be like, whatever he's like, you don't <laughs> talk to him. How do you know you're going to marry? You know, like yeah. just like there's a lot of like really just like weird spirituality around it. Kind yeah. of like in the people who introduced her to me. Right. I needed right. like a reintroduction. I, I think. think, yeah, I think you need to re yeah, like reignite that in, an, yeah. in a new way um, and focus on the little way. Right. I did try to read her. Story, of, Story the of a soul. Yeah. And I think I also was just like not captivated by it. So yeah. I didn't see like what the appeal was, but like the quote, what'd you say? Like even a pencil can be yeah. what? Let it advance. Yeah. Like if or? you pick up a pin on the ground, like it just, it can convert a soul. Okay. So my youth minister heart heard that and just like felt so much relief. Cause yeah. I think a lot of the time we put a lot of pressure, especially like, you know, we're like, we got these kids for an hour and a half. Right. We have to outdo ourselves. We and, do, and yeah. we have to like be cool and with it and trendy and yes. blow their minds every single time. But sometimes right. I'm just like, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to pick up a pencil. Wait, who's, is, is it just Father Paul? Oh, are you guys? There might be another. Uh oh, are we getting kicked in. out? We might okay. be. All right, I are we? Are you guys good? They're they're giving us thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Father Paul. Our, oh. our former, our vocations director for the diocese is smiling at us. So we didn't know nice. what was happening. I feel like we kind of have a blessing just by them being around. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. He's smiling at us. So th- <laughs> we got the father, literally a thumbs up from Father Woo-hoo. Paul. So we're good. I feel like um, that's a good sign. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah, I think it's all about who kind of introduces you to. Yeah. Let's, I think we just take the focus off the signs and more right. about her spirituality and her love yeah. for God and the simplicity of that. So practical. So simple. But I think that that can speak to so many people yeah. and it's important just like our lady of Guadalupe was like meet people where they're at. Like this is such a spirituality, like entrance point. Right. That can like 
make great things happen from yeah. there. Because I did make myself a little bit crazy at one point, and I had to make <laughs> myself stop reading saint biographies because I was like good to know. almost anxious. I mean, I have anxiety. So I was like anxious where I was like, God oh, by is their lives. ask me to, yeah, yeah, like one time. Be a martyr. Type, right. Yeah. Literally. My boss, Joey, <laughs> at the time I was just volunteering for him. But one time um, a deacon was in prayer and got a word for me, which I love now. That's I'm cool. all about now. But he was like, hey, I got a word for you in prayer. Can I share it with you later and pray for you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me think about it. Because mm-hmm. I was scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I told my boss, Joey, I was like, Deacon Keith wants to pray for me. And I'm, I know he's going to tell me that I have to move to Syria and be a martyr <laughs> Sell for all the your faith. Belongings. Yes. And I'm going to be beheaded. And I was like, so I don't want to be prayed over, but I don't know how to tell him. And then Joey was like, I don't think he's going to tell you that. You should just be prayed over. Like, <laughs> I, think I hope pass. he doesn't remember it because now he's my boss and it was totally like anxiety freak out. But I had to like stop reading the crazy saint stories mm-hmm. because I was like, I want to be a saint. So I need to be ready to be burned at the stake. <laughs> Well, and so I think that that also, like, there's so many different saint stories. And, like, I think that God designed your heart in such a way that, like, um, he brings you the opportunities that are designed for your heart. Right. You know, so it it wouldn't be, I don't know. Yeah, like, I I love that she said, I think I just didn't hear the right things because she said God wouldn't make you desire something that's impossible. Right. Right. Like, he's going to provide the way. Yeah, I didn't desire to be burned at the stake. I don't know if anyone does, but like <laughs> that wasn't in my heart clearly. If someone's yeah. being like, I pray. That was a real aversion. For right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm, I like it. I'll be converted. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep like I'll just pray. pushing it slowly on yeah. you. And- in October, her feast day says beginning of the month. So we're, yeah. we're in it. We're still. She's around. Yeah. And actually the statue I busted out, I bought it for you. So no, it's yours. Get, yay, so she's, you. she's going to be in your life. And you yay. know, there is a thing that some saints come to you, you know, like seek you out kind of like, have you ever heard that before? Oh, for sure. So, um, and sometimes we seek saints out. Um, so this might be an opportunity where maybe she's seeking you out. I could feel it. I could see how I need her energy in my life right now. Thank you. You're oh, welcome. she's beautiful too. Thank you. I and think, it goes with the roses for yes, Guadalupe. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm feeling this. All right. I'm about it Mission now. Mission accomplished. Yeah, I've been converted. <laughs> um, I don't know if they need the podcast room. So do you want to go ahead? Do and you want to do the blessing and burden or no? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So okay. We thought every week we would kind of or however many. I don't even know how often we're going to do this. Actually, <laughs> we could cut that out. See what the yeah. Needs. But we thought we could always like end with sharing like our blessing and burden of the week. That's something I always like to do in small group or on you know in community groups and stuff. So yeah. Do you want to? Okay, I'll go first. So my blessing really ties in with your saint because my blessing is that our parish is doing the 46-day retreat for the consecration to our Blessed Mother. Yeah. And the Marian consecration is like super dear to my heart and it was an absolute game changer in my faith in terms of um, bringing me closer to Jesus and just receiving the love of a heavenly mother and just knowing what that was like. Um, And so... The fact that our par- it's like a parish-wide event that it's going to reach mm-hmm. a lot of people like just makes my heart on fire. That that's Did it start already? Did I miss it? No, it starts. Well, I'm not this. sure I when we're here. releasing on All Saints Day, so it will have started like a couple days. But for us, it starts. I can in two still days. make it. Two you days. can, and okay. if you're late to it, you can still join it. Okay. I mean, the consecration is really about preparing the heart for the consecration day. So, right. Um, I did one in college, but I'd be interested to do it now, just in like how my spirituality has changed. Yeah. And you can always like renew it. So it's not, I have never renewed since then. Yeah. So So that's, 
that's up there for me as a big blessing. I will say my burden is I'm in a cooking rut, which ironically, because we're doing snagging with the saints, I am just like tired of the recipes and my Mm. rotation. Do you ever Mm -hmm. get like this? Oh yeah, sure. I'm like, I don't know. And I, so I'm not cooking very much and it's, it's just, I love to cook. So Mm -hmm. this is like, uh, I need some new recipes. So if anyone has one, send it my way. Okay. I like hoard Pinterest recipes. So I'll share my board. Vet them them and then tell me which ones are good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm going to go with burden first and then a blessing. Oh, nice. I like it. Um, Burden. I think this will be my burden for like the next year and a half, maybe. I don't know. Maybe for the rest of my life, actually. I'm just really tired. (laughs) Six months old. Um, He's so precious, but we're not sleeping great. He's sleeping a lot better, but sleep is important. Yeah. I am just always so tired. Um, And it makes, I mean, I think I'm a really high sleep needs person because when I'm not sleeping, I'm just like not cooking. Yes. Um, Everything else kind of goes by the way. Right. Yeah. So I think that's my burden. Just I'm always tired and he loves his mommy. He's obsessed with nursing. He's, he's in the 75th percentile for weight. And I know oh. there are some babies that I know who are bigger than him, but he is just, he's a he's healthy an, boy. He's an he, overachiever. He just wants to eat all the time. So, um, that's probably my burden. Not him, but just that I can't, I haven't slept in you a long slept. time. And even like, I heard someone describe sleep as like a bank account. So like yes. if you're overdrawn, even if you're putting in, like you can still be at a negative. And right. I feel that because even like the past week sleep's been better, but I just still am dragging dragging yes. so that's my burden if and i can add a little bit of hope yeah. it does get better i mean really? you do get more sleep okay as they get older because i just felt like maybe i'm just gonna have a thousand kids and never <laughs> sleep again i don't know <laughs> well i mean i can't make any yeah. <laughs> i don't know so that's my just like dragging tired um blessing we had a big blessing um we um have been on an immigration journey with my husband yeah. He's lived here most of his life, but he actually is from Mexico City. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So we just got um, his permanent residency all sorted out this morning. So, so a huge awesome. blessing for us. And then kind of also tied in, um, he's from Mexico City and grew up like 10 minutes up the street from the Basilica. Wow. Yeah. So um, he's been there before, obviously, but yeah, that's cool. not since he was a kid. And then... Um, Do you have any plans to go back? Yeah. Well, yeah, he hasn't been back to Mexico since he was like 11. Okay. And his grandparents are still there and he obviously really misses them. So hopefully we'll go back soon and introduce him to the baby. Yeah. And of course, the first thing I said was like, I'm going to the Basilica and (laughs) I will cry. Straight from the airport, we're going (laughs) to the Basilica. I will cry. (laughs) We're going. Um, So yeah, we've just been, you know, daydreaming about when we get to go back. I don't know when it's going to happen because we both work and, you know, have the baby, but yeah. Um, his grandparents are elderly and he wants so it's to in see the them. plans. Yeah. Hopefully soon. I'm actually going to go to the Basilica of Guadalupe and just cry. Um, there'd be a lot of tears. So yeah, that's been just like a huge blessing that burden awesome. lifted off our family. Yes. I'm so um, happy for you guys. Yeah. So that is what kind of relief, very tired, but very happy. Refreshed. Today. Yeah. Refreshed. Some days I'm just tired and tired, <laughs> but there's just like that extra little little light a little boost right yeah, now something to look forward to and just I love that it's, you know we don't have to deal with yeah the lawyer and law stuff and yeah, yeah it's kind of just off your chest now. stuff yeah off the chest so Ooh. it's been a great yeah crazy time tired time good stuff 
All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to be praying for our listeners, even if it's just me and Andrea and our husbands. For sure. <laughs> and hopefully, and my, mom. my mom. Oh, your mom will yeah. listen. Okay, sweet. Um, but if there's any prayer requests, I think we're maybe taking some of those too. Yeah, um, we'll have our Instagram in the show notes, and hopefully, there'll be a way we can interact with a community eventually. And then eventually, yeah. I think it'd be cool to like share people's prayer requests and people's yes. burdens and blessings along with ours. Yeah. And then, answered prayers. Yeah, answered prayers. That would be really cool. So That is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you guys.